Technically, it's three camps. We have three different encampments. Camp Brookwoods. Brookwoods. Camp Deer Run. Camp Deer Run. River Outpost. Three camps. Moreau and Brookwoods. Deer Run. River Outpost. The Three Camps Podcast. With your hosts, John Cooper and Seth Coates. Three camps. Hello and welcome to our 10th episode of the Three Camps Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, John Cooper. With me back in studio, Seth Coates. Seth, how are you? I'm well, live and in person. This is a a welcome break from how we did this last time. I know we have a few fans that are like, hey, when's the next one coming out? I don't know if everyone's that way with this podcast, but we have some people that are going, you're weeks late here. And uh, it's hard doing this when you're not in the same room together. I don't know if that's... Well, that and the, the pace of our lives has changed, you know, in the last month. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's, I'll just paint a little picture for you. What it took last time when you heard yes. my audio, it was significantly not as good as what it is today. And that's because I had to get in a car. I had to drive two and a half miles to the highest point of our property. Yeah. And then FaceTime John, uh, you know, with my little earbuds in, and that was the best quality sound we could get. And and even just squaring that time out of the day was a challenge. Um, yeah. Just that's the world we are in right now. It's true. It's where camp is right around the corner. And it's not that I don't like seeing you in a car in the driver's seat, you know, when we're having these talks. But uh, it's it's also nice to have you in this chair. So, Seth, you're down for just a couple hours, really. Yeah, really. Glad to do this with you. Uh, and, yeah, let's try and set the record straight here moving <laughs> forward we definitely want to keep this going in like like we, we've referenced we have some good ideas for how we can even put up some short kind of one-off episodes for anyone who's interested including we think maybe parents who yeah. are dropping their kids off and maybe listening on the way down you know to their respective areas but we just want people to know it's in our hearts we want to get you some new content we want to get new podcasts out what we don't want to do is like a phone in, you know, not a very good sort of throwaway. Just could say we did. Yeah, so, we don't want to put it out every other Friday and have it be bad or cobbled. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. maybe that's our own pride. But um, you and I both listen to podcasts where we go, oh, they 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 didn't need to put that one up, right? So, yeah. <laughs> and we don't want to be those guys. Yeah. So I guess all that to say, we're going to do this as often as we can physically pull it off, right? And have good hopefully what at least what we think is compelling content (laughs) maybe everybody else doesn't now you know i'll say this though this is not on anyone listening although we'd love to hear from you um some of our best stuff i think has come from people calling in people leaving voicemails giving us good ideas and uh sometimes those things take a real life of their own so we'll we'll continue to encourage people to you know feel free to contribute any way you want yeah um had a really good voicemail come to us last uh week from a guy who I think sometime we'll reference it, but he um, he really inspired something that we're going to hopefully do uh, even throughout the summer. So that's just one small example of, I think, how you know there's a fun interchange between us and the listener. Yeah. So now you're here. What have you been up to? What's been going on? Yeah, it's been a month of like property, you know, get the property ready, get the, mm-hmm. the wells on. And we're actually looking pretty good. Um, We've saved a few things for this coming weekend because we do our our work weekend is the that first weekend in June. Yes, always. Um, and 
by Saturday morning breakfast, we should have about 65 volunteers on property. Wow. Yeah, which is really cool. A lot of them come from the, the churches and conference groups that we have on property. Um, and then uh, there's like a core group that actually have no other connection to camp other than this work weekend that That's we do. That's awesome. Which is really cool. So that should be like a fast and furious weekend. Um, and then after that, our, our senior staff, like our leadership team, starts arriving um, kind of right on the heels of that. And away we go into staff training. Yeah. So. We had a pretty good work weekend uh, a few weeks back. Uh, it was one of those things where we they were awesome. The people that came, it was uh, people of all kind of ages. Uh, you know, everyone kind of represented. And, man, they worked a ton. And it was like, oh, we got okay, the list is done. What else do we have? So that was kind of cool. That happened two or three times where we kept adding onto the list. So nice. like we referenced a few episodes ago, these things are such a good shot in the arm for us. And we thank you for all the people that, you know, come and do these things and help us get going. Yeah. Let's see around here while you've been away. Uh, we've had some groups come in. We've continued to just kind of host. Uh, and now we're just into full camp mode. I mean, one of the nice things about the last episode was, okay, we know we're going to have camp. Let's do some some discussion on you know what's what's coming and then we thought for this episode Seth maybe we talk about another aspect of camp that's right around the corner which is the activities mm. so in this episode we're going to have you and I and uh, some of our activity leadership and program leadership come in and just kind of talk about what's happening at our respective places yeah if nothing else it's a little highlight of what some of our kids might experience this summer when they show up Episode 10, baby. Let's get into it. Nice. Okay, so before we bring in our first guest, here's a quick overview of how this episode is going to go. What we found was we had our leadership from Brookwoods, Deer Run, and MRO sort of talking about activities. And there's an element of that that's actually very informative and helpful. We didn't really want to live in this highly informative part of activities. We think activities are a lot of fun and there's really great relationships and life learning that comes out of them. So in putting this podcast together, we kind of realized there were a couple different themes that revealed themselves. And we're going to hear from a number of different people again on those themes. As a listener, you should be aware to avoid confusion. You may hear me pop in and out at times, just reminding you of who is doing the talking. Okay, so that's out of the way. Without further ado, let's activate activities. All right, so our first guests are people that have both been on the podcast before. If you've gone back and listened to our very first episode, we had on Sarah Cohen who is uh, somebody who heads up our facility, our activities programs. Uh, Sarah in, is going to be joined with Tim Nielsen, who has also um, been on the podcast before, and we just thought we'd have a fun conversation around activities. Uh, there's going to be some changes this year. We're excited to share with you. And then we thought it'd be fun just to kind of remind everyone all the fun things you can do at camp, and we have some fun uh, stories that kind of come out of that. So, Sarah Cohen, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, John. Glad to have you back. Good and Tim back. Nielsen, glad to have you here, sir. Good to be here. Thank you. So, Tim, we have a different schedule a little bit this year, and I thought we could use this time to sort of explain to people what's different, what's good, and what's new coming up. 
If you have been to camp before as a camper or staff member, uh, or your children have been to camp before, uh, the changes will, will, will be evident to you. If it's your first time, it will just feel like, ah, this is my camp experience. But, but let's give a little understanding of what some of the changes that we're making and why. The, the first reason, I guess, maybe would be why. Uh, we're, we're making some changes this summer in order to create a healthy and safe environment, following some of the New Hampshire uh, protocols for COVID. Uh, one of the things we had to do was divide our camp in the dining room into two different settings. And in doing that, we looked at camp and said, well, let's divide it by junior unit, uh, which are campers up to age 11, maybe sometimes 12, and senior unit, which is the rest of camp. And then in having two separate meal times, we developed uh, a whole split activity schedule. So the junior unit will not be having activities at the same time as the senior unit throughout the entire day. Uh, and that allows for some great things. One of the great things about that split schedule is that it allows uh, more opportunities to participate in very popular activities. The other thing is that it allows for age-specific teaching. So you'll be teaching campers that are between eight years old and 11 year olds, years old, or teaching campers between the age of 12 and 16 at some point. And that helps the instructor to kind of adjust their teaching style. Uh, the ability in the act, that activity is different uh, based on those ages. So it's gonna allow for some great growth in those activity areas. So it's funny you say that because I'm recalling the first time we had Sarah on and as I was explaining what she does, I made this comment that Sarah is stuck trying to make everybody happy. And she said, on record, I make everybody happy. That's what I do. But even more now than ever, Sarah, you're going to have this opportunity to give people what they want. I am excited that during activity signups, eight and nine-year-olds will be competing against each other to get into popular activities instead of trying to get around a 15-year-old in the line for <laughs> so a certain true. activity, water skiing or whatever. Right. So true. Yeah. Yep. What should kids expect about the sign-up activity experience? Maybe we have a lot of new kids coming. So what, what are some suggestions you have? Give us the inside scoop as to how they should approach activity sign-up. I think I always tell kids to think of the activity that they most want to take. Um, during activity sign-ups, we have a process, and we, I don't think we even know what it will be exactly like for sign-ups this summer with COVID. Um, but I encourage campers to think about what they most want to take during their two weeks at camp and try to sign up for that very first. Um, there's no rules about signing up for first period first. Um, I always say pick the activity that you most want, figure out when you want to take it. Um, if you want to take it with a friend, if you don't care about taking it with a friend just to get it on your schedule. Um, so. Some of our most popular activities that fill up really fast are things like water skiing and wakeboarding, sewing fills up really fast, yeah. ceramics, sailing can take a lot more people, but it still is very popular. Um, so there will be more opportunities for campers to take those activities and a greater chance of them getting into those activities. When you're talking about different types of activities for parents or campers who are new to camp, um, we kind of have five or six main areas or categories of activities. We have target sports like BBs, archery, and riflery. Axe we have throwing. Axe throwing is a target sport, Tim. <laughs> um, we have traditional sports like soccer and baseball. We have water sports. Um, we have an abundance of crafts. I think our crafts program is 
so diverse and I don't know if we're going to have leather working this summer, but that was one of those ones that um, is so unique to our camp. Um, we have outdoor skills activities like outdoor cooking and um, Abenaki, which is our wilderness survival class. Mm. Um, well, then, then, yeah, including into that nature programs, Bob and Wow. The boys nature, of, yep. Boys of the Backwood and Women of the Wild. Uh, I would call those outdoor skills at a junior unit level. There you go. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. No, I think that's a pretty good summary of the categories of activities. Uh, and, you know, all of them, I think, can engage the camper physically. I think they can engage them mentally as they're learning new things. They're very social. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there's some great growth that can happen. And, boy, if you're attentive and the counselor that's teaching that is attentive, there's some great spiritual applications found in each one of these activities as well. So they're a huge part of building into the camper's experience and their growth and development while they're at camp. Hearing you talk just reminds me, these activities are as diverse as our campers are. So it's like really cool to think about, A, you have kids coming who are gonna interact with something that they've never interacted with before. But then you're also gonna have kids be able to find activities that really suit who they are. Um, And hearing people talk about like the junior game stuff, I mean, you think there's a lot high energy, a lot going on there. You know, uh, contrasted with a very quiet archery range where people are really paying attention and thinking about their, you know, their marks and I don't know. Something about that just makes me feel like it's a good picture of what we are at camp, which is a diverse group coming together and kind of working together or finding uh, some sort of homeostasis, you know, here, which uh, which makes me excited. It'll be every area, every corner of camp fully activated and used, and people. Do, it's going to be great. All right, so Seth, uh, we have you, and we're joined by your head of programming, uh, Robbie Jacobson. Robbie, glad to have you on the show, man. Thanks. Great to be here. Yeah, so my name's Robbie. Um, This is going to be my third year at MRO. We ask everyone on our show, do you prefer the top bunk or the bottom bunk, and why? (laughs) Uh, Definitely bottom bunk, and it is because you can just roll out and get ready to go. (laughs) There's no nonsense of having to uh, fall out of bed or climb out of bed in the middle of the night. That's just another thing you don't need. Love it. Yeah, there is an artist that I like to listen to, and she has this lyric. I learn every room long enough to make it to the door, like know where your exits are. And uh, yeah, that's how I feel about <laughs> I'm the same with you on bottom bunk. How do I make a quick exit? Seth, you know, we heard from Sarah and Tim, and we were kind of talking about some of the opportunities and some of the newness and some of the uh, additional changes that come uh, here at Brookwoods and Deer Run in a COVID year and then, you know, some of the schedule changes that allow for some interesting activity adjustments. Um, but I got to tell you guys both not having been a camper at MRO, I know that it's not one-to-one. I know that you don't do exactly the things that we do here at Brookwoods and Deer Run. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, like me, give me some of the uniqueness about the the activities, the program at, at MRO. Yeah, totally. So I often tell people that the, like the guts of our ministries, right? Brookwood's Deer on Moose River Outpost, the like core founding things that we're all built on are very similar between our, our camps. Um, but the way we do our program might be a little bit different. So a good example of that is we're just smaller in the amount of people, right? Um, kind of on purpose. And 
you know, one, one of the things that we've looked at this summer is even in light of COVID, we're going to be a smaller camp than we're used to being. Um, so we're actually going to run one program, mm. one schedule. Uh, what that means for us is uh, we can actually offer more in the one camp schedule up here. Um, we don't have as many like program specialists. Our counselors are our program specialists. Mm-hmm. They're the ones teaching all the activities. And at Brookwoods Deer Run, they teach a lot of the activities as well. Just that's the only crowd we have to pull from up here. So in the one camp schedule, we're going to be able to offer almost all the things that we normally offer um, on a normal year. And we try and use like our property to our advantage on that. So we have a mountain biking class, for example, and we have a section of single track trails that we've cut in like over a little over a mile of single track. Um, but we have 7,000 acres and um, a variety of dirt roads that go throughout them. So um, the beginner mountain biking class, they're going to be just cruising around on some of these roads that we have and they'll see like, the wild site and the outlet of the lake, or they might go down to jacuzzi, um, which we put up a shot of the the little waterfall that we have there on Instagram recently. So they might go to that waterfall uh, just because we can, it's on the property. Um, So we try and do some of those things to kind of use our, you know, this great space that we have. Uh, to our advantage. We're going to do skeet shooting. We just recently added 22s. Brookwood Zero has that. Um, and the way we'll start to teach this is you'll enter shooting the rifle shooting sports. That'll be, you'll learn your foundational safety and fundamentals of shooting on a 22. And then you'll progress up into um, the shotguns and doing skeet. Um, and then once you're into, um, shotguns, we have a basic advanced master's level of achievement for that program. Wow. Um, we have both sites have paintball. We offer it a little more. Um, it's a normal part of our day that the kids can sign up for. So we offer that one as like a normal activity. But Seth, I want to, uh, transition here. We have Robbie with us and man, I think Robbie may have been one of the first three people I met at camp and, uh, I, I'll just tell you, I've known Robbie for three years. Guy's a total servant. He's so much fun. He's got a lot of passion. He's got a lot of love. And he uh, really invests into this. And uh, Robbie, I want to hear from you, man. I know that you lead with your heart. You lead with your soul. You're a, you're a strong servant. Um, you know, what gets you excited about program and doing these kind of things at camp, especially MRL? I'm very excited to work with uh, the program that's here. Uh, Having a boss like Seth that I get to um, see how his mind works is just amazing. I love seeing the uh, I love seeing the method of camp. I think it's very important how we are interacting with our kids and our counselors, and I see that it's done in a very uh, intentional way um, up here at MRO, equipping our counselors to. Um, lead and teaching them to look for teachable moments, um, making sure that our, our counselors are equipped in in every way that we can. I'm really looking forward to that, especially with the different initiatives and games that uh, I'm hoping to bring this summer. Um, I think it's just going to be awesome. Mm.
All right, we're going to do something a little different now. As we've been talking about activities at camp and some of the changes that are coming, I thought we'd get some real inside gurus to come in and tell us and really tell everyone about their activities, their activity experiences, and then also give some insider trading on what to do and how to do it. So I'm joined in studio by Annie Dunlap in Tennessee Bowling. How are you guys? We're great. <laughs> I'm going to start with you, Annie. Can you tell us how long have you been at camp and if you prefer the top bunk or the bottom bunk and why? Okay, so I was at camp on purpose for nine years, accidentally for 10. Nice. Um, kind of accidentally joined the COVID summer last year. Um, Loved having and you. And I prefer the bottom bunk because I am not insane. And okay. after I'm tired, it's, it's late at night. I don't want to have to climb up to the top bunk and disturb my bottom bunk mate and also if you're on the bottom bunk and your friend is on the top bunk you can kind of like in the old metal bunks you can put your push your feet up underneath them <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of yeah. raise their mattress sure a little bit. oh yeah just to be nice yeah yeah <laughs> sorry emily murray <laughs> shout out to emily murray uh tennessee i know you've been here your life but let's yeah. hear your camp years and then camp years 15 summers wow yeah all right and then do you prefer the top bunk or the bottom bunk i prefer the bottom bunk I'm really hard to get out of bed in the morning, oh, and man. my counselors used to have to like pull me out of bed, so I don't think I would have ever been allowed to be on the top bunk. Plus, bottom bunk is way better. Your mess would have been more contained. My though. mess would have been more contained if I'd been on the top bunk, but I wasn't. I was a very messy camper. All right. You can tell these girls, A, know each other, and then B, are like totally ingrained in camp. So pay attention, y'all. These, the these are the real camp gurus. All right. So as we're talking about activities, you guys have both taken activities and taught, right? Give me your highlights. Yeah. What's your favorite, Annie? What's your favorite activities? Ooh, uh, to take as a camper sailing because I really liked getting to hang out with my friends and flipping the boat over. Okay. Um, which is part of it, right? You have to be able to flip it back. To, exactly, yeah. mm -hmm. you have to. So I always felt really cool when I would I would do it by myself. Mm -hmm. um, and then to teach, I taught a lot of different things. I taught water aerobics for a long time. I taught BBs. I taught water skiing. Water skiing was probably my favorite to teach because I got to hang out with Maggie, who's mm -hmm. my friend. And it's really fun. I always taught like the little kids and it's fun when they, they finally get up on skis. Oh yeah. But, I bet that's rewarding. Yeah. It was really fun. Yeah. Um, but BBs was the funniest because as a deer run counselor, you don't really interact with Brookwood's junior unit a lot. So if you're a BBs instructor, pretty consistently you, you got to interact with Brookwood's junior unit a ton, which is a demographic that <laughs> is, they're really funny. Do you have you brothers? Don't I don't have brothers. Oh, so this is eye-opening. So, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was eye-opening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Tennessee, let's talk about you as a camper. What, what were the ones you liked doing? My favorites were archery and water skiing. Um, yeah, which were also the only two activities I taught as well. But, yeah, I liked archery because um, you could – you just like had to work on your awards. And so it was very like low key. And mm. um, when you were in the advanced archery class, it was always the same couple of kids. So you got to know each other very well. But Did Wynn, does Wynn do the advanced one? Wynn just does Brookwoods. Um, okay. And then she will like train the deer run counselors. All right, so Seth, we've heard from our leadership. We heard from those two girls who kind of gave us the inside look. 
it's funny, you know, hearing everyone talk and then hearing a little bit of what I know about these activity times. I, you know, I know, I think like with camp, you think cabin, cabin, cabin. Like I met great people in my cabin, top bunk, bottom bunk, all these things. We, we went on trips together as a cabin. And I think sometimes you can, can, can kind of forget how the picture is rounded out in some of these activities that just happen throughout the week and throughout the sessions. But it's a really cool sort of broadening aspect of the whole perspective, the whole picture that we try and provide. Mm. Yeah, and it's neat. Um, the friendships often form in cabins, but they can form outside the cabin too. Like that can happen at the activity area. That can happen, in a, you know, free time, evening game, whatever it is. Like sometimes the person you best connect with at camp doesn't have to be from your cabin. One of the things I love about the program and the activities that we do is um, it's the, I think of it anyways, as the other side of developing the whole person, right? Like when I talk to parents, I talk about camp being an atmosphere that develops the whole person, right? There's the spiritual, the emotional, the physical, um, the educational, the way we run our camps. Yeah. Um, and we've talked on the podcast before about some of the ways the spiritual themes come through. You know the activities I, th I think of it anyways of that other side of the whole person like where someone could try something for the first time and then like it and deep dive on it or hate it and skip it and go and find something else or you know maybe they're a returning camper and they come back and they choose to learn more about something they've done before um and that's i don't, I, I love that about camp yeah i think it, in my own life like i can point back to my years as a camper at a camp and like there's some hard skills that i developed back then that still pay off now in the career that i've chosen yeah the other thing that we've also referenced in the past i think you had mentioned it in one of our past episodes about the awards you know there's something really about coming through like not every activity is easy mm. some of them can take us out of our comfort zones which is the theme on this uh but then just the satisfaction of finishing something and finishing well and you know something that wasn't easy to finish it's just another aspect of this, but I love that as well. Yeah. And I want to be a part of the breaking news here, Seth. I mean, with the size of MRO and the way that you've run it, you kind of have opportunities to change things or to try things out. And in some ways, you're kind of like a pilot area for some new activities. Can I put you on the spot? I know you have some tricks up your sleeve as it relates to the potential for this summer. Yeah, I have this vision for changing our, our crafts program into a much... I don't think of it as crafts anymore. I think of it as a maker's space. Right? I love this. I love this. And I have some significant work to really pull this off in it. We may take a step at it this year, um, but don't don't hold it against me if you're a camper and you listen to this and you're like, hey, it's the same old crafts program. <laughs> uh, but hopefully by next year, at least, we'll get to a spot where like we're going to make things that we're really proud of and that you know have beauty to them and that you as the maker... Uh, you're the creator of this thing, right? And you know the the thing I'm dabbling in right now is actually knife making. Um, and wait, uh, were we gonna tell people this? This is I don't know if we should or not. I want it to happen. Yeah. Um, whether it goes full blown or not, like I'm gonna I'm gonna do it this summer with cameras. Okay. Wow. Um, and I have this hope and this dream where we we make stuff that is useful in our life outside of camp, mm -hmm. and we do it in a way that we're we're genuinely like proud of the thing yeah. that we produced. Yeah. No, it's awesome.
So that kind of finishes out the information side of this episode. And with the short time we have left, I just want to explore two themes that we found popping up in some of these interviews. The first is the idea of relationships that can take place in areas outside of just the cabin. The people that make up camp community can be quite diverse in where they come from and what ages they represent. And this discussion about activities just kind of highlighted that people really interact with a bunch of people that may be different than them and the richness that that provides. Here's Sarah. What I love about activities is that we focus so much on a cabin and cabin experiences. Um, but I think often campers will connect with a counselor over an activity, somebody that they had teach their activities and they find that a relationship and a friendship and a connection is developed in a different way than that they maybe were able to connect with their own counselors um, and cabin mates. And it's just kind of that crossing of worlds in a COVID safe environment that is just so unique to activities. I love that campers have their home base of their cabin, but then they get to mix and meet new people and try new things with other young adults. Seth already talked about this. Our counselors are teaching activities. So if you think about it, the kids are going from hanging out with counselors in their cabin to hanging out with counselors at activities to, you know, going back and hanging out with counselors back at their cabin. So maximizing the um, impact on the kids, there's a huge impact that the counselors have a a potential impact that was robbie jacobson and here's tim nielsen again but we actually have people that will be teaching activities this summer who are in their late teens in their 20s i believe we have some in their 30s 40s 50s 60s 70s and 80s all on our teaching team but uh at camp and you think that's an interesting dynamic that can develop you know with a a camper and a, a seasoned citizen who's yes. teaching activities uh, and the, the different kind of uh, interactions they can have and the things they can learn from each other are really exciting as well. And finally, to round out this topic, here's Annie Dunlap. Something I think that's cool about camp too that I didn't really appreciate until I'd been on staff for four years is that you get to know people who, um, especially as a staff member are much older than you. Um, like obviously John, like we worked together. Sure. Yeah. Um, last summer, summer of 2020 was a much smaller staff. So you got to know people a lot better, but I think that some of the most valuable, um, relationships or conversations I've had aren't even with people that are like on counseling staff with me, but are, um, older, like, uh, Gwen Reed was my Bible study leader for every summer that I was on staff and she and I have had, um, just both hard things happen outside of camp and our lives. And so she was a really valuable resource for me for a long time. And I've gotten to know Tenny's parents super well after yeah. knowing them. And obviously last year I got to know you and Mike in the kitchen. And right. Those are some of the best and coolest relationships. Cause you don't have those outside of a place like this. When you're in college, you are only interacting with people who are between the ages of 19 and, and 22. So it's cool to have people that aren't your, aren't your parents, aren't your family um, right. that are people that you can look to that are older and have kind of gone through lots of different paths in life and, and ended up um, in very different places, but still have camp in common, which is cool. No, it's a great call and shout out to Gwen. She's very wise. Oh yeah. Gwen, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Very much a servant, very wise. She is one of the people that makes camp go. She's a great example. The other theme that we noticed that kept popping up was this idea of safety. 
obviously when we're talking about activities, safety is a real priority, especially when we're dealing with things like being on the lake and sailing and water skiing or in the archery range or the riflery range or even on a climbing wall. Certainly we have people that are very, very conscious of safety, have been certified to teach these activities and safety is of the utmost importance. But interestingly enough, there was also kind of a shift that we noticed in this safety discussion. I don't want to overexplain it, but there was this idea that, yes, we want people to be physically safe, but also to create environments that are safe for learning and for mistakes and for improvement. And this really rang true for me. I mean, we we see it all the time in the world where, you know, mistakes are publicized and exploited and put under a microscope. And to be honest, I see it in my own kids' lives sometimes where they're afraid to make a mistake because they want to be perfect all the time. I'm sure everyone listening can understand what I'm talking about. But something about the safety of just being able to make a mistake or not be perfect or just to learn seemed really compelling. Here is Seth and Robbie. To allow these kids to free themselves from fear of an activity, actually. Mm. So it goes with even uh, skeet shooting. You know, you have a kid who's like, I've never shot one of these before. And it's like, don't worry. We are here to make sure everything is safe. We wouldn't let you do something if we thought it was going to be dangerous, you mm. know. And, and then seeing them look at you and you can see that they are trusting you mm. and then obviously everything is awesome after that and uh then you almost can't stop them you know it's mm. it's really awesome yeah it's such a good call robbie and seth i mean this is what we do right it's not just safe from harm but there's also safety to mess up or to not be good immediately or you know you kind of create an environment where it's learning and people are encouraging of one another and not just you know, sometimes it's like, oh, you made a mistake. Let's put you on blast. You know, they're coming out of that world for potentially wherever they are and into a yeah. place where there's just room. So I was driving the boat one day and there's a young lady in the water. and We're trying to get her to uh, figure out how to get up on the skis for the first time. And it takes her a while, a few more pulls than usual. But she gets up and, you know, there's a variety, myself, the the counselor that's teaching slash lifeguarding, um, it was Jake Williams that summer. Shout out to Jake. One of the best instructors we've ever had uh, in the boat. And so she gets back in the boat and she, as she's passing me, she mutters, man, I just feel like everybody was judging me. And I thought about that afterwards. And um, I followed up with her and just said, you know, it's not that everybody's judging. You know, the, the failure that you experience back there is not fatal. Like it's just a part of the learning process and everybody wants to help you get this thing. And I think, I think, especially I know this from my own children, I think they feel like they have to be great at everything they do from go. And I think it's important to realize that, no, you don't have to be great at it, especially not from go. And then the flip side of that is you realize that like, it takes an investment of time and effort and energy to get good at something. And, um, you know, as adults, we can look back uh, and say, oh, yeah, this thing that I do that I love, it actually took me X number of years to develop that skill. Um, but I think at least I noticed in my own children and I've noticed in campers, like there seems to be this feeling that they have to be great at it from go and they just don't. And so that's it's like a culture thing that we want to create here where you can be not good at it and that's OK. They shouldn't expect that they're good at it right away. 
And then on this topic here is Tim and Sarah again. Sometimes campers go to an activity and they're like, I didn't think I was going to like that, but that was awesome. Um, And they get on board and try something new that surprises them. You know, you can be very excited about, I want to ride a horse. I've never ridden a horse. I can't wait to ride a horse. And you get there and you realize horses are big. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then they get nervous. But again, the staff is there to coach them through the process, help them become comfortable with them. They don't throw them on a horse right away and say, all right, let's ride up that mountain. (laughs) You know, it's going to be a process of getting them acquainted with that activity. And that could happen certainly with any waterfront activity. Uh, diving, you know, you know, Mount, mountain biking can be intimidating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You think a lot of kids think that they know how to bike mm-hmm. and then they realize our hills and our gravel roads around camp and the trails and the woods are a lot harder than just regular biking on your street. Yeah. Um, and so that can be one that's thrilling once you get the hang of it, but it's intimidating when you start it. And, and rock climbing is another one. You know, it's exciting. I can't wait to do it. I've never done it. And then you look at the wall and you think, oh, that's high, yeah. right? So we all have our, our fears and I think they, you know, they're gonna play into that a little bit. But again, the staff will coach the kids. Yeah, and I, I would add to that. I think with four activity choices this this summer, my encouragement to a camper would be to say, split it in half and go, I'm going to take two things that I know I like and I want to do, and I'm going to take two things that are new that sound exciting and interesting. At at the least, take at least one new one yeah. and go, all right, what is this activity? I want to know about it and I want to try something different. That's when new loves are developed. Yeah. When you come away from a, a new activity and you go, I didn't know I was going to love that, but this has become something I'm really interested in. And finally, here is Tennessee Bowling. When I was a camper, it was people like Christy Vath and Francis Griswold, um, who were just awesome and a lot of fun. Um, and they made archery. It can be really stressful when you're like trying to go for like the biggest awards, but mm. they just always made it really fun, really chill. I've heard people say this, that it's rewarding to get there, right? Like you've been practicing, you've been working on it, and then when you make your... Yeah, it's really my favorite part of teaching it was getting to see those kids mm. like work so hard and finally get their American Archer. Um, and I used to wake up um, before, you know, like morning chores and that stuff with girls who were like almost there and just needed extra practice. And we'd go out to the range in the morning. And that was so fun. That's um, awesome. Yeah. And it's so it's so rewarding um, to for them to finally get there because it takes a lot of time. Yeah. It takes yeah. many years. So. Okay, so we've been jumping around with some of these themes. Now I'm going to play something in its entirety. I was able to interview a girl named Ava Bashai. Hi, my name is Ava Bashai, and I have been at Camp to Run for two years, two summers. And I was first in the Lapidi cabin, the Caribou cabin. Ava is 11. She's awesome. She hails from New York City. And we were able to kind of talk through some of the things that we've been talking around on this episode, it seemed really fortuitous because as you may hear, there's a lot of what Ava and I discussed that was kind of a nice callback to some of the things that have been discussed throughout this episode. Ava Bashai, thank you for joining us on this episode. Thanks for having me. It is certainly my pleasure. Uh, I wanted to take an opportunity to ask you a couple questions about your time at Deer Run. Uh, First of all, let's see, when you would have come here how old were you when you first came to Deer Run? I think I was either eight or nine. Awesome. 
And do you even remember how you were feeling or like what kind of experiences you had on your first day or just what you were expecting when you came? Well, I had never been able to sleep at like any other place other than my house. So when I came to Camp Deer Run for two weeks, I was scared that I wasn't going to be able to sleep. But there was so much activity and so many things going on that like I just got in bed and I fell right asleep. <laughs> oh, I have to ask you, we ask every one of our guests, if you could choose, would you choose the top bunk or the bottom bunk? Well, I've always chose the top bunk, mm -hmm. but my new plan is to choose the bottom bunk because I've seen people like make forts out of it and it's nice. kind of like a little like your own room. I like it. Oh, that's a great yeah. answer. Okay, so you did do top, but you're making a switch. I love this. Okay, so you mentioned you did a bunch of activities. That makes sense because that's what we do here. Um, do you remember any of the like activities that you had to sign up for and things that you like doing on those? Um, well, I learned to sail a sailboat in a week, really? which was pretty pretty amazing because I thought we were just going to do like fun act like just like fun activities, but I actually learned a really important skill. Um, also because the groups and activities are kind of like mixed of all different ages and genders, it was really fun to like be able to experience like different types of people. And when I was in ultimate Frisbee, I was with a lot of older people, Yeah, but it was still really fun. Yeah. Uh, do you have friends that you still keep in touch with from camp? Yeah. There was this one friend that I made on the first, um, first time I went then on the second time and I kept losing her number. <laughs> so I, I was like searching down and like emailing people in the camp. And then, so now I talk to her a lot. Nice. So you said you did sailing. Um, any other activities that jump out at you that you remember or that you like doing? I did water skiing. You did? I was not good at it, <laughs> but I also went fishing, which was kind of peaceful. Yeah. And I think I caught a few fish Great. and it was just nice to be on the water going really fast. Yeah. Well, you think you'll try again on water skiing or are you good? You're... Yeah. I try every summer. You do? Yeah. It's, I'm getting better, I yeah. think, but the problem is whenever I fall off my skis, I don't let go of the rope. <laughs> so then I just get dragged along with gotcha. the, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, listen, this is going to be the summer. I, I, I can feel it. I think you're going to get up. You're going to yes. hang on. It's going to be good. What are you thinking well, about this summer that you want to do? Water skiing is always like the prime thing to sign up for. Yeah. And I got it both times that I went, which yeah. is pretty surprising. This year, I want to I wanna do some sort of art thing because I've never done that before. Mm -hmm. Also, I think I'm going to sign up for rock climbing because I just feel like that's a good skill to learn. I think it's a great call. Yeah. Any other memories that you have that you love to think about with camp? There's a private island that we got to go camping on. Mm -hmm. And there were wild berries and the river. And that was really fun because everyone was whispering at night. <laughs> also, another camp out was with this huge... Well, it wasn't really a camp out, but it was like an overnight thing. It was this huge like tree house thing. Yes, the tree house. Sure. Yes, and that was pretty fun. Now, did you sleep everyone, in the treehouse? I, I think we did. Yeah. But also, everyone was really scared of, like, all the bugs and stuff, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, these are good memories. Another one of my favorite times at camp was 
the days where we would um, get like either hot dogs or burgers, get iced tea and lemonade mixed, and then sit on the lawn. Yeah. And that was really fun because you could sit with people that weren't in your cabin and even people who weren't in your camp. And that was really fun. Mm. And then usually after that, which was always on a Wednesday, we would go to store and wait out lo- outside in a line. And then we would go inside and get like candies and sodas, mm-hmm. which was really nice because I thought that we were going to have to like, if we wanted anything, we would have to pay for it. But we really just got like amazing candies. <laughs> and then after that, we would be sitting outside. Our counselors would come and tell us what we were going to do for cabin night. And that was always really exciting, especially because there were so many fun activities that were usually so crowded. So um, there was like blobbing and tubing were the prime ones. Yeah. But then I remember one night our counselor was like, are you ready for (laughs) sewing? And we were like, yeah. But then it actually ended up, it ended up being really fun because we just got to like sew our own scrunchies and just talk about things and that was really fun because the camp is always so like busy and things are always happening so it was nice to like be able to just sit and talk yeah i love that uh well shout out to carol yonan who heads up sewing uh i'm sure she'll love to know that she has some fans of sewing i've heard people say it's sneaky like a fun activity like people really like it yeah yeah uh, Ava, thank you. It's been great talking to you. I appreciate yes. having you on the show. Uh, any of your friends you want to shout out to right now? Who, who needs to hear a shout out? Um, Lily Gordon, shout out. All right, cool. Shout out to you, Lily Gordon. Ava Bashai, it's been a pleasure. I'm looking forward to seeing you this summer. Uh, guys, everyone be pulling for Ava. She's going to get up on those skis. And if she does, we may have her back on to talk about her experience. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> thanks, Ava. I'll talk to you soon. This concludes the 10th episode of the Three Camps podcast. A big thank you to all of our guests, Sarah Cohen, Tim Nielsen, Robbie Jacobson, Annie Dunlap, Tennessee Bowling, and last but not least, Ava Bashai. The Three Camps podcast is produced by Seth Coates and myself. If you've been sticking around with us, you know We would like to do more of these podcasts and these summers are always crazy and we never know exactly what we can commit to. We'd love to continue to hear from you. Please feel free to hit us up on our voicemail, 978-308-2679. Or let us know uh, anything you're thinking about on Instagram or through our email or any other place you can connect to us. If you're just listening to the podcast for the first time because you just dropped your kids off at camp, don't worry. They're safe. They're loving life. And when you see them in two or four weeks, we hope you find somebody that was really blessed and just enjoyed themselves in an immense way. Finally, I just want to call your attention to the dates July 23rd to the 25th for something that we will do more on in a future episode. But this is a little tease that we're putting to our community. Be a change maker over changeover. I'll explain more later. Thanks for coming with us on this podcast. So long.